Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. This month we are doing a series on marriage. We're calling it Happily Ever After? Question mark. Because we all know that even though we see movies and we hear, uh, we read the stories and we hear about these these different um, kind of fairy tales where they end with happily ever after as if you all that needs to happen is that you fall in love with the right person and things are just perfect. We know that there's always a question mark associated with that statement in reality. Um, we we have grown up, uh, many of us have grown up and seen uh, the movies and the shows that have this kind of uh, animated fairy tale Disney philosophy that if you just fall in love um, and it's true love, then that's all it's needed to make a marriage work, that it's all about love. Um, and once you find that perfect person, that perfect match, true love, um, it will make your marriage perfect. And it will be the only thing that's needed in order to make uh, the marriage lasting and perfect. And it will make all problems better. And that's the only thing that's needed to get through life together. And we've kind of accepted that as a society and a culture that that is what makes marriage marriage. And consequentially, when that happens, and since that's happened, we've also come to believe the, the, the opposite, where when love is missing from a relationship, then it means that the marriage is dead. And uh, we find that some of us have entered into marriage and assumed that because we had such strong love for the other person, it was going to last forever simply based on that. But then we get into our marriages and we argue about something. And we end up wanting to give up. Or things change and you just don't feel the same anymore. Uh, You look at the other person and wonder how or why they've changed and changed so much. You go through life and you face the stress of kids and the face of change, the face of the stress of money. And it, you find that you just, you're isolated and you start pulling away from each other. That you both end up living your separate lives and you enjoy time together, I guess, but you're just living separate lives. Some of you have felt like you just don't talk anymore, that things are just getting distant, and you're left wondering why you're not getting what you want or what you need out of the relationship anymore. You may have been in your marriage and felt like, man, life is way too short to be stuck in this. Or you get distracted by job or taking care of your kids or just all the details of life and feels like 
your marriage has fallen behind. And it has become very common in our society, in our culture, to see those things and just get rid of the marriage, to move on, to give up on it, and say, this isn't worth fighting for anymore. Well, the Bible, God's Word, is quite clear on how God feels about marriage. And so what I'd like to do is just spend some time reading over a number of passages that speak about marriage and give you that perspective. Not my summary of what they mean, but just the raw scriptures here. And then we can talk about what it means for us. But I just want to spend some time reading the scriptures to see what God says about marriage and if we're on the right path or not. In Hebrews 13, verse 4, it says, Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Ephesians 5, 22-23 says, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about the Christ and the church. However, each of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Matthew 19, Jesus, it says that a large crowd followed Jesus and he healed them there. And some Pharisees came to him to test him. They asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning of at the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. But at the beginning, Mark chapter 10, but at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Are you catching a theme here? When they were in the house again, the disciples asked Jesus about this. He answered, anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. 
And if he divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. Matthew chapter 5. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality makes her the victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Genesis 2.18. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Genesis 2.24. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Malachi 2, 13-16 Another thing you do, you flood the Lord's altars with tears. You weep and wail because he no longer looks with favor on your offerings or accepts them with pleasure from your hands. You ask, why? It is because the Lord is the witness between you and the wife of your youth. You have been unfaithful to her. No, she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. Has not the one God made you? You belong to him in body and spirit. And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. The man who hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord, the God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect, says the Lord Almighty. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful. 1 Timothy 3.2 Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. Deuteronomy 24.5 If a man has recently married, he must not be sent to war or have any other duty laid on him. For one year, he is to be free to stay at home and bring happiness to the wife he has married. Now, I take all that, and I'm going to give you a real simple phrase. And it's an oversimplified phrase. I, I, I know that. But I wanted to put something together that was memorable and that, that still got to the point. And really... Really, it's about unity. Marriage is about unity. But I want, to, I want to give you this phrase to kind of sum it up and make it a little bit more memorable. Marriage is about staying together. When I read these passages, when I see what God created marriage to be and what he, he, the priority he has on it and that it is uh, this sacred union, this bringing two p- individual people into one person, becoming one. I see this major piece of marriage that is about simply staying together. And it's not about the romance. It's not about even love. It's about the unity. It's about staying together. Now, we we sometimes approach it with this kind of excited idea that, that marriage is kind of like a match. It's there and you strike it and it and it flares up and it's and it's hot and it's exciting and it's flashy and it's impressive and it's like a match and burns up quick and we're when we look at marriage like a match it it's very exciting it's very interesting it's something that we we end up gravitating towards but if our expectation is that it's going to be like that flame forever, it's 
matches burn up quick. And what do you do when the flame goes out? When all the tinder is, is, is burnt up? See, the reality is that marriage isn't about the, the flashpoint. It's not about the spark. It's not about the, the match. It's about the unity, about staying together. It's much more like two sands that get mixed together. And sometimes you see this in a, in a, in a wedding, a marriage ceremony, when the bride and the groom will take two different colored sands and they'll take their individual sands and pour them together into a jar and mix them. And it becomes basically impossible to separate those two sands. You would have to go through grain by grain to separate them after they've been mixed. And that's what marriage is. And we often think that all the, all the stress and turmoil and ups and downs and questions and changes and frustrations and arguments of marriage pull each other apart, but it's not supposed to do that. It's supposed to be like that sand in a jar that gets tossed and turned and mixed and churned up. And as that happens more and more, it's not that the sand separate. When you, when you shake up a jar of sand, the sand doesn't separate into two individual colors and two, all the, all the light pieces don't go and gravitate to each other. Things get mixed more and more and more. It becomes harder and harder and harder to separate. See, when we go through our marriages the way that God wants us to, then something shifts. Instead of us being pulled apart and, and, and it being like waving a match through the air and it, and it pour, makes a flame go out. It's supposed to be this thing where we go through life and we go through the trials and the pains and the frustrations and the changes. And we actually become more and more together. Where we can f- argue and figure out solutions and we end up closer after the argument. We find that we can have security in the bond that isn't about temporary uh, changing emotions, but in our commitment. We find joy in supporting our spouse. We, we end up taking care of each other. The kids see an example of how we're supposed to treat other people and how they watch us. The stress happens, and as we lean into each other, we become more and more comfortable with each other, more and more confident in each other, more and more clear with each other, more and more united. We find that when we do it God's way, and it's, it's not about the spark, it's not about the flash, it's not about happily ever after, it's about staying together. And when we are committed to that and we work through the stuff to be unified, our joy increases. And our kids see that and grow in that. And so again, I know it's a simple phrase, it's an oversimplified phrase, marriage is about staying together. But I really mean that, say that in that it's not just about being physically close to each other, but it's about that unity, staying united and, and, and working, through, working through the issues and figuring things out. And when there, when there isn't that unity, something needs to, needs to change. Now, I, I know that many of you who are hearing this have gone through marriages in your past and uh, they didn't work out for one reason or another. Some of you, maybe, maybe you or your spouse cheated and you split up. Maybe you're in the situation, you were in the situation where you were arguing, you just felt like you were gaining distance and 
you gave up. Maybe one or both of you just felt like you weren't interested anymore. So you moved on. Whatever the reason was, you've been in that situation. You've gone. And some of you had legitimate, and and even Christ gives legitimate reasons for, for divorce. And some of you were in that. And some of you have had the experience where you were, you led your marriage to fall apart. Or both of you led to your marriage falling apart. And it wasn't because of of abuse or, or sexual immorality. It was because you just gave up. And God sees that. And he, that is sinful to him. But I want you to know that as serious as that is in his eyes, he sent Christ to forgive sins, to forgive mistakes, to save and redeem, and to say that your past doesn't define you anymore, your past doesn't determine your future, and that those things are in your past, and if divorce is in your past, and there was sin involved in that, that that can be forgiven, and you don't need to carry that anymore, and you don't need to be burdened by that, and you don't need to be ashamed of that, because you can have the forgiveness of Christ, that if you lean on him, if you turn to Christ and ask for forgiveness and follow him, then he is willing to forgive that and you don't need to be ashamed of that anymore. And you don't need to feel guilty about that anymore. And that doesn't have to define you, determine you, or be this thing that hangs over you anymore that is in your past and you can be forgiven and you can be freed as if it never ever happened. When God looks at you, he won't see that sin. He won't see the divorce. He won't see somebody that should be guilty and ashamed. He will see the righteousness of Christ and that is what he is offering you and so you don't need to carry that if you are falling on Christ I also need to say that I'm not talking about staying in abusive and dangerous situations you may be listening to this and thinking oh this is one of those preachers that says that even if the husband or the wife is is abusive, that you just have to stick it out. You just have to stay in it because that's what's biblical. No, I'm not saying that. I didn't say that. Don't put those words in my mouth. Staying together is not about being physically in the same spot. Sometimes when there isn't unity, you need to get help. There needs to be work done. You may be together, but if you are not unified, then there needs to be work done. And sometimes when the unity is broken enough, there needs to be professional help. There needs to be people that step in, whether that's doctors or or psychologists, counselors, um, whoever it is, or whether it just needs to be that a physical separation to protect each other. Like there needs to be help. There needs to be work that takes place and there are some special circumstances where people just need to get out and i i don't want i don't want to sound like if you're in danger and there's abuse going on then you you need to get to a safe place Absolutely. 
I do caution that sometimes people justify their actions and justify leaving by by putting things into the abuse category that really aren't abuse, that just need work. And if your marriage needs work, then put the work into it. But you got to be safe. And if there has been a break of the marriage covenant, then you need to get out and you need to be safe, absolutely. But what I'm talking about here today is not primarily focused on that. It's focusing on how, yeah, there are situations where you've got to get out and there are situations that allow, that God allows for divorce. But the vast majority of the time, people get rid of their marriages way too easily. They give up. And when I read the Bible and I hear the words of God, it tells me that marriage is about staying together. And the new way forward, the new ever after, has to be about staying together. And so you've got to make your marriage a priority. You've got to make your spouse a priority. You've got to get on the same page. You've got to create unity. You've got to let God redirect both of you together and forward. You've got to learn how to communicate. And you've got to fight for your marriage. Because it is clear that God cares about marriage. He values it. And we as a society are way too flippant with it. Because marriage is about staying together. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways.